Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. All right, Southern California, wake up. (laughs) We're here. They're here. I'm back, and... I haven't been anywhere, (laughs) but I had a dream. I was down under in the bush country, and I freaked out because I thought, oh my God, what about my show? I got to do my show. What's going on here? Well, I'm back, and welcome to a very interesting edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, a topic we don't ordinarily talk about for a long time. We are going to talk about the largest planet in this solar system, one that I personally believe might be a burnt-out star. Actually, it became a star in 2010, the sequel to 2001. That is the planet Jupiter. The cycles of Jupiter, the effect of Jupiter, which I believe are very strong, very powerful, maybe more so than almost anything else in the sky next to the moon, maybe Mars and Venus because they're closer to us, but Jupiter is a biggie. (laughs) It's a large planet. All right, let's take a look at this planet, Jupiter, which is actually my favorite. I have a blessed Jupiter in my chart. I am very excited about that. I think that uh, Jupiter is an extremely important planet. I call it the happiness factor, the Lord, or the ruling planet of Sagittarius. Depending on where your Jupiter is in your chart, what sign it's in, what house it's in, how it's aspected, will tell us a lot about your philosophical factor, how you have been perhaps in past lives, if you've ever been a teacher or someone who would be a seeker of truth and knowledge and a reflector of light and wisdom. So I do feel that Location and situation for Jupiter in the natal chart will tell us a tremendous amount about your personal philosophical and freedom factors that accompany and associate your life cycle. Frankly, I do believe that some of the highest teachers I have met are people that do have a well-pronounced Jupiter in their chart, meaning that it may be elevated near the midheaven. It could be in a sign like Sagittarius or perhaps Cancer, which it also does well in. And I also find that well-aspected Jupiters in Libra, which is a consling sign, or Aquarius or Gemini, will also reveal teachers and philosophers and those that appear to have more mobility and more of the ability to travel and be free and to establish justice and freedom-oriented issues wherever they may go or wherever they may dwell or wherever they may exist. Jupiter is a very important planet. Without Jupiter in this particular star system, we would be one depressed insecure, unevolved, low-consciousness lot of people. So it is very, very important. Now, Jupiter rules the sign of Sagittarius and traditionally is the ancient ruler of Pisces, which now is ruled by Neptune since Neptune's discovery. Jupiter does its best in Sagittarius, which is the sign it rules, or Cancer, which is where it is exalted. Jupiter does not do so well in Gemini. It's in detriment there, the opposite sign to Sag because it overdoses the mind with too much thinking and too much computer in the head, in the brain. Jupiter also does its worst in fall in Capricorn, where it overexposes a need for success or for ambition. So Jupiter does well in Cancer and Sag and doesn't do as well in Gemini or Capricorn. Key word for Jupiter is expansion. It takes approximately 12 full years for Jupiter to make its way through all 12 signs of the Zodiac, Sometimes it'll stay in one sign for a year or so. This year it's going to be in Gemini for a little bit shorter. It's going to zip through Gemini, and I think it's actually getting through Taurus 
in a much shorter time than a year too. Its orbit is somewhat eccentric and it spends a disproportionate amount of time for that reason in various signs. The planet has always been associated with the idea of expansion. Physically, its outer layers are composed of gas, compressed gas, because of its incredible gravitational field, and it does have one of the more powerful magnetic fields we could consider, considering it is not a star. But next to a star, Jupiter has got a heavy gravity. We'd probably be look like pennies on that planet, if you want to know how the gravity is. Jupiter is also the largest planet by far in the solar system. Next largest would be Saturn and then Neptune. Jupiter is associated with knowledge, advanced studies, philosophy, and philosophical outlook, speculative thinking, which can be also defined as gambling or speculation, stocks and such, religion, the liver, also the pituitary gland, college and universities, further education, foreign languages, foreign countries, extraterrestrials, because that is also foreign, book publication, and good fortune. Now, other situations that you should be aware of as far as what the giant planet Jupiter is all about, astrologically, Jupiter also symbolizes the higher mind. Some people say the higher self or the superconscious mind and wisdom that is obtained from that higher mind and from the intuitive mind. Also, would affect your enthusiastic factor, if any, your confidence factor, if any, your optimistic factor, spontaneity, benevolence, generosity, the desire to gain through experiences or experimentation, and the urge to improve the state of things, the state of the universe, of course, being so important. Now, Jupiter represents opportunity. So those of us with better Jupiters, more blessed Jupiters, obviously, will hear opportunity knocking a lot louder and a lot more often. Increase, rewards, winning things, abundance, tolerance, charity, philanthropy, ethics, faith, hope, confidence, like I said, idealism, aspiration, justice, loyalty, joviality, self-indulgence, overindulgence, extravagance, and conceit. Jupiter protects, assists, magnifies, inflates, gives, inspires, encourages, consoles, and philosophizes. It carries the ability to grow in physical, mental, moral, physical, and emotional directions. And, of course, the glyph of Jupiter looks like a funny four, or a large four, in case you wondered. So if you drew a four with wavy lines kind of towards the top, then you'd take a look at what Jupiter is. And that glyph, of course, represents the ascending crescent of the personality no longer confined by the material plane. Now, Jupiter is a fun planet. There are positive traits, there are negative traits. The positive parts to Jupiter would be the optimistic, generous, confident, loyal, jovial, kind nature, just as a good judge and a compassionate person with breadth of vision, well-directed mental powers, a flair for the languages, good at sports, too. Now, the negative, the negative Jupiter traits, meaning if you have an afflicted Jupiter in your natal chart or you're going through a Jupiter transit, meaning a square or an opposition, then this is what could happen uh, in that karma. Blindly optimistic, sometimes heading for the guillotine without knowing it, so to speak, being an extremist, wasteful, self-indulgent, over-indulgent, gambling and losing, extravagance, wasting income or profits, consuming, lawless, like I said, conceit, and imbalance in beliefs are no focus on what you believe in. Now, overall, just to go over a couple of basic things about Jupiter, to understand what Jupiter means, it's very easy. All you got to do is remember, if you know the epitomization of each sign vibration and the epitomization of each house vibration, what you do 
is you remember that Jupiter expands and overdoses that vibration. Wherever Saturn is in your natal chart, it contracts and restricts and reduces. Wherever Jupiter is, it expands. You wonder why Farley is so up and happy and has such an optimistic, confident, philosophical nature. Well, my Jupiter is at home in Sagittarius, and people born 1948 are a bit more optimistic than a lot of the people on this planet, unless you have Jupiter in Sagittarius, because we were born when Jupiter was trying Saturn. Saturn and Leo, Jupiter and Sag. So that's a blessing that most of the people born in 48, unless you're born at the end, when you have Jupiter in Capricorn and you miss that aspect. But most of us in 48 have Jupiter in Sag. I love it. The only trines I have in my chart are Jupiter trines. So uh, it was God's joke, I guess, to give me a chart that would be so afflicted. <laughs> afflicted moon, afflicted Venus, afflicted Neptune, and such. But uh, at least I have my four Jupiter trines. Pluto trine Jupiter, Mercury trine Jupiter, Sun trine Jupiter, Saturn trine Jupiter, and then my sextals, Mars trine Jupiter, and Ascendant sextal Jupiter, and Mars sextal Jupiter. And this gives me the ability to bounce back, and even if I am down deep depressed, try to at least project a happy, jovial, optimistic attitude. I know that my energy will be a reflection, too, and also will spread and be contagious depending on what mood I'm in. So that's why when I'm on the air, I choose to be Sag, a Sagittarian-type guy. And that's where the contagion or part of the success of the show is all about. But, you know, you got to remember that when Jupiter expands, right, wherever it is, like, for example, having Jupiter in Gemini or the third house, which can force you to overdose your brain. We're talking about psychological burnout here, right? Jupiter in Capricorn of the 10th house, which can create too much of the workaholic, the person who can't live without success. And what price freedom is this question here? Because Jupiter in the 10th or Jupiter in Capricorn, which happened after my year, 1949, these people go berserk. You know, like if they have failure, man, we're talking suicidal here. So, you know, that's kind of scary there. Like Jupiter in Cancer is a wonderful sign. My sister has that because it's very, very protective. It's extremely nurturing. It's extremely emotional as far as understanding people emotionally. But it can pig out as far as food is concerned. So so people with Jupiter and Cancer can eat too much and therefore be a bit more rounder. It's like Jupiter in the 8th house or Jupiter in Scorpio can create an obsession with sex. Because <laughs> it can make your genital region a bit too sensitive where you need constant stimulation and attention down there. Or on the extreme end, could throw you totally away from sex where you would just abstain from the thing totally. See, Jupiter and Aries, these are people that are tough to compete with, right? You want to fill a football team with players with Jupiter in the first house or in Aries or Jupiter in the fifth house or Leo because you know you're going to get some wildly aggressive, energetic beings. The fire signs are lit up here. The workaholics, obviously, are the ones with Jupiter in the earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn, or in the second house where mine is, right? In the sixth house or the tenth house, you'll get that work ethic or that need for acquisition and materialistic effect. And then, like Jupiter in Pisces, of course, is interesting because it creates a very psychic, intuitive being. A lot of people born in 1950 have Jupiter in Pisces trying Uranus in Cancer, so they were given that intuitive gift because Jupiter expands, and boy, does it. When you have a trine there, you can really feel that Jupiter trine, especially when something goes over Jupiter in your chart or sets it off somehow. Now, remember the key here. Trines and sextals either natally or transiting for your Jupiter in your chart can often bring good luck and reward and happiness and positive vibration. The squares and oppositions natally or in transit state will be extremely karmic. So even though Jupiter is not a typical planet of karma like Saturn, we will overdo things. We will get obsessed. We will become selfish. We will become greedy and conceited during these transits of squares and oppositions to our Jupiters. And this is when we blow our karma, when we are given something that we either waste it or we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to manage it. 
We don't know how to share it. And that's when things get kind of intense. Now, a couple things happen with Jupiter. Approximately every three years, we have first the Jupiter square Jupiter, then the Jupiter opposed Jupiter in six years, then in nine years, Jupiter square Jupiter again. And these are major testing periods. That's why at 369, and then 15, 18, and 21, and then 27, 30, and 33, those periods in our life are heavy test years where we are usually given something and it's up to us to see if we can handle the responsibility of it all. Those, that's one that we call Jupiter square and Jupiter opposition Jupiter. The best times in your life, right, are in four years from your birth at four years old and then at eight years old and at 12 years old. Every four years you have a positive Jupiter element that occurs because Jupiter trines itself in four years. In eight years it trines itself again. And on the 12th year, it's a Jupiter return, where Jupiter has gone through all 12 zodiac signs and returns back to that point in your chart called the birth point. That is why a lot of championship teams, a lot of championship people, a lot of people make it big when they turn 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, 72, and 84, because they're having Jupiter returns, and we are given a lot. Like I, when I was having a Jupiter return, when I was around 35, 36, that's when the astrology hour finally hit. I made a killing in business when I was 24. Things were kind of calm. I got some money when I was 12, too, because I graduated elementary school and some good things happened there. And then all of a sudden, when I was 36, seems like the whole show and astrology and show business was dumped on me then. So I have proven in my life that this Jupiter return does definitely work, especially the better aspect of Jupiter you have, for sure. So if you have a trine or a sextile on your Jupiter, you better be sure that you're going to get a better idea of what's going on every four years. If you're in a four-year period, Right, if you're either 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32, 36, 40, 44, 48, 52, and so forth, every four years you're having a positive Jupiter complement, either a trine or a return, where you will be giving things, sometimes money or success too, or at least expansion or travel or happiness, and that's when you're giving your break, as far as I'm concerned, in case you need a break, that's when it happens. Okay, now, I do these shows this last week and a half. These shows have been so powerful for basic astrology purposes that I know there's a lot of you people out there just kicking yourselves because you put off getting your charts. And when I do these topics and I talk about a planet like Jupiter, you know, my listeners, my students are scurrying to find their astroscopes, to zero in on their Jupiter, to circle it by sign, by degree, by number, and to pay attention to what I say so they can understand a little bit more about what I'm talking about here. To figure out what year they were born, when they're going to have a four-year, when they're going to have a 12-year, when they're going to have a three, six, or nine-year, and zero in on these effects because this is how we understand astrology and the metaphysical effect of this dimension, and how the cycle of life works. So obviously, you know, this is the type of show that doesn't come around all the time, so it would help if you had your chart. Dancing along with Farley Malarus. On Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. Right here on KFOX, Redondo Beach, 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. And even if you're in Los Angeles, the San Fernando Valley, or up or down the coast, in your car, at home, or on the beach, thank you for making the attempt to get through and pick up the signal for KFOX weekdays at 12 noon. And join me right here on the Astrology Hour. Now, this thing with Jupiter is very heavy because Jupiter is a planet that forces us to either do something or resolve something that's unfinished. Unlike Saturn, 
that takes a slow burn sometimes to really reveal what the problem is. If you don't do something when Jupiter comes around, then you are literally dropped into the hot pot. Okay, I want to make it clear that even though Jupiter typically has a positive, beneficent, it's a benefic planet, of the benefic planets in the zodiac, meaning of the beneficial planets, there are only two. Venus and Jupiter are benefic, and Saturn and Uranus, and sometimes Pluto, are called malefic, are very karmic. But of the benefic planets, Jupiter being one of them, you better believe that if you're not being good, if you're being bad, and if you're creating lots of karma and grief for yourself and the world, when you have a Jupiter transit, then something could be ripped from you, which can expand something because it might expand a prison cell (laughs) or an institutional visit, right, or a court problem. But sometimes when we talk expansive, it doesn't always mean millions of dollars. What it means is something happens in your life and it's major. My friend Michael Alcana, before he died, had a drug problem and was trying to do too much at once. He was having a Jupiter return. Jupiter was in Libra. It was in his eighth house of death. He was born with Jupiter in the eighth, beautifully aspected with sextals on it, no squares or oppositions. And he was trying to do too much. Jupiter in Libra is a very loving Jupiter. It's into relationships. And he was trying to balance his friendships. He was into finals. He was going to school in Santa Barbara. Meanwhile, he was partying with his friends in L.A., spending a lot of time. It was raining. It was storming. And what he really should have been was at college, studying all weekend, getting ready for his final on Monday. But instead, he was trying to give his friends attention, and he was trying to spread himself around too much because he's having a Jupiter return and all this excitement. He overdid it. He drove back to Santa Barbara late, late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Because he was tired, he fell asleep at the wheel, he had an accident, ended up in intensive care, and died eight days later. I'm not saying that you can die from a Jupiter return, even though Michael Alcana did. But, remember, when you're having a Jupiter return or a Jupiter transit of any kind, the key word here is expansion, magnification, overdoing things, and sometimes it's not always best to burn the candle at both ends, especially when you know you're having a Jupiter transit. It's like this person that's having a Jupiter return, uh, people born 1952 are having one right now with Jupiter and Taurus. People born 1964, people born 1940 are having one right now. Most of these people have Jupiter in Taurus or Gemini. And a lot of times you'll get on a roll. You'll hit the roll. It's like being at the crap table and hitting 16, 17 winners. Like a dummy, some people leave all their money on the line expecting that 18th winner to come in. Guess what? Even during a Jupiter return, it doesn't guarantee You're going to be a big winner. Even though you have a blessed Jupiter, you could also be a big loser because you're foolish enough to abuse the powers in this universe. A lot of times people think, well, he made $20 million off of that album. He's also got $10 million worth of bills. When you get money, sometimes the responsibility expands. It's like the bigger game you want to play, the more responsibility can be created or manifested during a Jupiter cycle. Remember that. The heavy thing about Jupiter is it tests how selfish we are. It tests how greedy we are. It tests how conceited and how egocentric we are. It tests what we're going to do with all this materialistic stuff we've manifested. It's a heavy, heavy planet with a major effect on your life all the time. At least once a month, the moon will opposition your Jupiter. Twice a month, the moon will trine your Jupiter. And twice a month, the moon will square your Jupiter. So every month, You have the potential just from the lunar effect of having things given to you, taken away, but the expansion is always there. 
for better or for worse, whatever it is, even an illness can be expanded if you're having a bad aspect. Whenever anything grows, even a tumor, that many times can be a Jupiter transit. That's what it is. It's growth of any kind. It doesn't always mean it's going to be good growth, but often if you abuse your power, it will be karmic growth. And karmic growth isn't always good. We want absolution of karma, not karmic growth. And obviously this is another one of those topics that I think is very vital, very important to you understanding how astrology works as each individual planet has a magnificent effect in your life, in your chart, depending on what your particular planet is. Obviously, most of the people born in one year period are going to have similar Jupiters in the same sign, so they're going to have similar expansion karma, expansion factors, and they're going to relate to each other. As you know, most people born in the same year are going to usually have the same Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. They're all generational planets. What changes in our charts is we have different inner planets, including Mars, Venus, Mercury, the Sun, the Moon, and the rising sign, which really denotes uniqueness and individuality. So the further out we get away from Earth, the more one we become with people and the more one we become with the universe and with God. Because more people share the same Pluto and the Neptunes, and that's how we, the oneness is defined. The closer you get to the Earth and the Sun, the more uniqueness is defined. The more individuality, the more the illusion of separation becomes obvious. Now remember, in order to understand this show and to visualize me as teacher, you must visualize yourself as student. And you're not going to learn a thing unless you buy our suggestive reading, unless you get yourself charted. You're not going to pick this up through osmosis. And I do suggest the two powerful books, Astrology for Yourself by Douglas Block. That's Astrology for Yourself by Douglas Block and Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook by Debbie Kempton Smith. And these are two of my best friends in the industry and two of the best published authors in astrology. So they've both been on the Astrology Hour too, thank God. So I'm real proud of them. And they've really helped along with my show, I think, advance astrology as a science. I'm not slapping myself in the back. But being here for four years, I think it does say something for the fact of what this mission is I'm on. Now let's go to one of those ladies who has sent for her chart, a Virgo with Cancer Rising. Michelle, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Farley? I haven't talked to you for a while. Where have you been? Just been busy. I called in for a little mini forecast. You did? Was that topic new for you? Yes, it was. Oh, good. Yeah, it was real good. So you learned something. Yeah, I'm just calling in to check in with you and kind of get a little forecast of what's in store for me. What degree is that cancer rising? I'm not sure, and I don't have my trust. You know what the major focus here, right off the bat, it looks like there's some disappointment or some confusion here in your relationships. Uh-huh. Are you dating someone? Yeah. Okay, it, does it seem to be kind of a roller coaster? Yes. Okay, do you expect too much out of this relationship and from this person? Yes. Is it vice versa? I don't know. Okay, is it kind of like a Mount Everest type thing where you have to climb? Yes. Isn't that sad? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I don't know. I don't think relationships should be the type of thing where people have to climb. I went through the same transit that you're going through now two years ago when Neptune was opposed my Venus. And man, we're talking pain in the high levels, you know, because it's frustrating. Sometimes you're competing with one or more girls for the heart of one man. Sometimes you don't know whether there is love. You don't know whether you're being made to feel special on a consistent level. Sometimes you feel rejected, it creates an anger inside of you, a frustration, where you get obsessed with it, none of it seems good or healthy. Mm -hmm. So I want you to know that you are going through this transit for about another year, and frankly, the focus of this transit is to be spiritual, to focus on your spiritual center, to love thyself and work on your self-esteem, so in case any relationship doesn't work, you'll still have Michelle, okay? Great, thank you, Farley. I hope that helps. Yes, it does, bye. Bye. Okay, we've got Ricky 
who is a famous listener to the Astrology Hour. Thank you, famous. Double Leo. <laughs> Star of many motion pictures. <laughs> I wish. You know what? What? You were talking about Jupiter today. Am I supposed to be worried with Jupiter and Scorpio at 19 degrees, 15 seconds? I just got back your astrology thing, and you didn't say that much about Scorpio. Is this bad or good or what? Well, I did say that Jupiter in the 8th house or in Scorpio but magnifies the epitome of what Scorpio means. So it creates a caring, compassion. It creates interest in the occult and metaphysics. It creates mystery and secrets. And because Scorpio rules life and death and transition and metamorphosis and sex, it could also expand and throw you into an obsession with all those areas too. Oh, God. So that's why whenever I meet a woman born in 1947, I assume her sex drive is very healthy. Anyway, I got to go. Thanks for calling, okay? Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. Adrian is a first-time caller, a Sagittarius with Leo Rising. How are you? Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm due for a vacation here. Well, I'm going on vacation. That's what I'm calling about. I'd really like to go off-planet, you know, <laughs> maybe a 100 light years, somewhere out there. Well, I'm going to another level. I'm going to Jerusalem. Oh, my God. Wow. Wear your body armor, right? <laughs> are you Jewish? Yes. Is this your first trip to Jerusalem? No, but I haven't been back in 15 years. I lived there for four years in Israel. I heard about this guy in England that is, he started a new business. It's called Travel to a War Zone. <laughs> for lots of money, he's, he's offering people a trip to the Gaza Strip or to Lebanon, you know. I don't think I'm going to go hang out in the Gaza Strip. <laughs> Not a good idea. No. Good luck on your trip. Thank you. Well, that's uh, basically what I'm calling about is, uh, <laughs> you know my planets, and I basically had a major life change in the past year, and I'm working, but I also go to school at night, and I'm taking Jewish studies, and I would like to become a rabbi someday. And just such a major shift of consciousness. I've never met a woman rabbi before. Well, there are plenty in the reform movement, and now the conservative movement is admitting women rabbis. I think you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. In your chart, you have such a spiritual grace about you that I don't see any way you could fail. Good. In fact, I think without going through the studies, you're almost like a rabbi as it is right now. Wonderful. Actually, this will all manifest in the next, uh, it's a long transit, but starting now, but it'll manifest more clearly within 10 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about how long it'll take. I just think you're going to have a lot of fun. You know, astrology is laced all through ancient Judaism. Oh, I know. I have studied Kabbalah and, uh, and Jewish astrology. Do you know what tribe the Kohen uh, rules? No. I'd like to find out what tribes rule what signs. I know that the Naphtali is Sagittarius, which I am, which is Keshet. Keshet, huh? Yeah. Now, the Lion of Judah, you know, which is the symbol of Judaism, is like the Leo Nine Force. Uh-huh. Isn't that funny? And I'm a Leo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Does that mean God's a Leo? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's all fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's pretty funny. So is there anything else that you um, that you have to tell me about this next upcoming... Am I going to get married ever? Are you going to get married? A married female rabbi. Yeah. Maybe you should run an ad. Female rabbi looking for male rabbi. <laughs> now, actually, I have a friend of mine who's in the Kabbalistic studies. who so will probably love you. But, but anyway, I would think that for you, if you were going to get married, it might be after you got involved in these studies first. Like, you know, getting through these studies, it's, it's going to be hard for you to balance your focus right now. So, you know, relationships might not go the way you like them while you're involved in the studies. But casual relationships might be fun for you. Mm-hmm. I would see a marriage a little later, though. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go over here now to uh, line number five and talk to Hope. July 21st, 1957, Leo Rising. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, Farley. I have some questions. Where there's life, there's? 
Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm a new member, and I'm really trying to understand my chart. Okay. I have, my sun sign is 28 Cancer. Yes. And I have four planets in the 12th house. Wow. Most of them are in Leo. That's so sweet. My sun sign, which is 28 Cancer. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, what you need to do is you need to understand the basic vibration of each house. Uh Uh-huh. The first house planets are like Aries planets. Second house planets are like Taurus planets. And then so forth. Third house is Gemini. Fourth house is Cancer. For a second, you've got to forget what sign it's in mm-hmm. and focus on the house. Okay. Now, even though you're a Leo, with four planets in the 12th house, which is the last house, which is the Piscean energy, you're like a Pisces. So to really understand yourself deeply, if you understand that part of the introvert, shy, intuitive, psychic, self-destructive side to your personality comes from having four planets in the 12th, which is like a major Pisces influence. Mm-hmm. In fact, the true basis to astrology and tropical astrology is to combine the energies by combining the Leo Pisces. The fact you have Leo planets in the 12th house is like a Leo Pisces or creative psychic energy, creative spiritual force, okay? Uh-huh. Now, if you think about that and if you memorize the signs in order, Aries through Pisces, and you attach the particular sign vibration to each house, okay. then I think that will help you understand your chart a little better and you'll kind of rebirth to your intuitive mind faster. Oh, okay. Are you recording today's show? What kind of bird is that? That's cookie. Oh, that's Cookie. Yeah, the great that we bought from you. Are you at the lab right now? <laughs> no, yeah, I am, actually. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. Cookie, that little devil. Okay, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> cookie. Okay, let's go to Philip now, June 22nd, 74, first-time caller. Hi, Phil. How you doing, Farley? Good. How'd you find out about the show? Oh, this is strange, too. I don't talk to you about this. Um, I was flipping my radio around, and I came to your show, and I grasped to it like, you know, it was a force grabbing me to, your, to the radio. You recognize my name and my voice? Yeah, it was really bizarre. Because you've heard me on The Rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have my own show every day, Phil, 12 noon. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I felt an extreme interest um, to the show, and I was wondering... Are you 15? 14. You, oh, you were just 14, okay. I was wondering um, if there was anything in my chart that showed an extreme interest in astrology and metaphysics. Are you kidding? You know, for being interested in astrology at 14, you'll probably be doing charts before you graduated from high school. Yeah. So you have your moon in Leo, I believe. Yeah, it's Leo rising. I don't know what degree, though. You see, you were born at a special time. You were born with Jupiter in Pisces. Mm-hmm. So there's a side to you that's very highly evolved where some of the meanings of the universe are like second nature to you. Mm-hmm. Now, see, Mercury in Cancer is retrograde in your natal chart, and it's trying Jupiter in Pisces which gives you like an automatic gift as being a psychic and a spiritual teacher with astrology as your major supplement or major root of that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Also, we have Uranus in Libra, Uranus being the planet that rules astrology, and it's in the sign of counseling, which is Libra. And, you know, obviously at 14, you you seem to already speak the language. Mm -hmm. So you're getting... Now, what's your rising, Leo? Leo, yeah. Isn't that funny, Philip? Even though you're 14, you're showing a career transit. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't doubt if, if you were doing readings for like 10 bucks a piece before this year is over. Have your friends been asking you about it yet? They think it's really bizarre and stuff. You know? Uh-huh. Well, that's great. Well, I'd be anxious to meet you because you're one of the youngest people that has called the show that has expressed this kind of exact interest in this topic. So okay. you're welcome to come down the control room during the summer sometime and visit. Okay. Thank you very much, Charlie. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Isn't that amazing? You know, I'm telling you something. I didn't get into astrology until I was 23. <laughs> you know, dummy guy, right? If I would have got into astrology at 14 like Phil, I mean, a lot of things wouldn't have happened that happened that really crucified me until I was 23. So whenever I talk to a young person that's into it, knows their rising, know their moon, know what planets their houses are in, 
you know, something that I didn't really get down until I was 24, 25, right? It blows my mind, you know, and it just tells me that these spirits, these highly evolved teachers and sages and wizards from past lives are incarnating left and right. And here it is from 1974. 1974, I was out of college four years and Phil was born. Now he's 14 and he's into it already. And, and I think he's going to be great, you know, so it blows my mind because, of course, obviously knowing astrology gives you a, an incredible edge. And when you have that edge, it saves you a lot of trouble. Let's go to Latisse on line eight, Cancer Libra Rising. Hi. How's it going, Farley? Real good. What kind of name is that? It's Arabic. Oh, Mafish Mashkala then. Exactly. Speak the language. <laughs> well, that means no problem in Arabic. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed your topic uh, this afternoon and so forth, and I've uh, really been gaining a lot of insight uh, into the study of astrology and so forth. Okay. An astrologer or a counselor in metaphysics, would you see that by chance, let's say, with my north node in my chart? Where's your north node by sign and house? Okay, it's in uh, Aquarius, three degrees, in the fourth house. No question about it. That's like the at-home astrologer, in fact. And you also are Libra rising like me. You have Capricorn on the fourth, which allows you to create an office out of your home and do consultations out of there. You also have the Gemini factor, Venus and Jupiter, which gives you a psychological overtone, both trying Saturn and Neptune, which gives you tremendous insight being objective with other people's relationships, not very good with your relationships, but better with others. And I think it's a Scorpio moon, too. Right. So you got my chart. You're Scorpio moon, Libra rising like me with North Node in the 4th and Aquarius. So I'm surprised you're not a full-charge astrologer yet. I'm getting there. That's why I'm listening to the show. Okay, well, keep up the good work, guy. All right, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's go to Alma on line one. Cancer, Libra rising. What you been up to, Alma? I, I'm kind of curious. I have a friend. And his son and my son try an exact 22 minutes. His Pisces and mine is cancer. Isn't that cute? Yes, but all the rest of our numbers square and oppose. <laughs> <laughs> Not so cute. Yeah. Like, for instance, his Pluto is a 6 Virgo, 27 minutes, and my North Node is a 6 Virgo, 29 minutes. Uh-huh. And the Saturn is 27 Capricorn, his. And I have 27 Neptune. What kind of relationship is this? Sometimes sun trines are good, but they're not enough, Alma. Uh-huh. If there's too many squares to other planets in the chart, uh-huh. especially squares to Uranus or Saturn or Venus or Moon, uh-huh. then there's going to be a personality problem. I mean, this would make a good acquaintance uh-huh. or a good friendship. If you experiment with it and there isn't that much pain, then that's fine. But it appears to be very karmic, too, if there's lots of squares in opposition. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I've met people that are sun trine my son, and, you know, they're cool, but they don't stick. They yeah. don't stick. Okay. Okay. Also, finally, my Jupiter is a Cancer. Yeah. And it says it squared my Neptune, which is uh, 27 Virgo, but the way I keep trying to figure it, I don't know how. Is that in your astroscope? Uh-huh. Wow. Your Neptune is 27 Virgo and your Jupiter's 8. Are you sure it's 8 Cancer? Not Jupiter. Uh, Mercury. <laughs> Mercury? Mercury is 4. Oh, th- yeah. Then it is square. Yeah. Okay. It, Mercury is square, your Neptune. Right. Okay. Anything 8 degrees is a square. Okay. If it's eight degrees away, it's a square. Okay? All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, when Farley runs out of time, we're out of here, buddy. Okay. That's it. That's today's edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio on Jupiter. See you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon. Have a nice day. Bye, everybody.